You're late and stupid. I'm ducking you a day's pay. I'm Andrew Schweitzer, and you're listening to the Boxing for Free podcast. Been a while since you've heard from me. I try to do these podcasts every two weeks or so, but it was a bit longer because, well, (laughs) work's been a lot busier since summer started. uh, And also... I probably should have kept up with it because of the big uh, reception that the last podcast got between me and Hector Franco, which I really enjoyed. And like I said, I'd love to have Hector back on from time to time. But uh, you know what? There's a lot of boxing news to talk about. So let's talk about something that a lot of people have been anticipating, the return of Tyson Fury. Jesus Christ, we waited two and a half years for this? Oh my dear, dear coke-snorting gypsy king lord. Last Saturday, Fury made his long-awaited comeback against Safir Seferi, who had entered the ring with a record of 23-1 and 0, no draws. This was the main event, and I have never seen a worse main event in my life. I, I, I watched the fight twice. I don't know, maybe because I'm a glutton for punishment, but Safari quit after the end of the fourth round, and I'm trying to think, why? What happened to you that made you say, oh, I I can't go on, you know, I'm too injured, I'm too hurt. Nothing happened in this fight. Tyson Fury spent most of the fight just clowning around, putting his hands behind his back, Sticking his arms out like, come hit me. At one point, he was actually watching a fight that took place in the stands. And yet, I was just wondering, okay, is Safari going to do anything? I mean, Tyson's distracted. Go in! Hit him in the face! He doesn't do anything! Not that I think Safari could have hit uh, Fury in the face. Because, what, I... I didn't have too much interest in this fight, but when I saw the weigh-in pictures, I thought, okay, obviously obviously Tyson's not that much taller than this guy. I mean, he must be standing on a crate or something to make himself look that much bigger. No! No, 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 no. Tyson, like, this Seferi guy barely comes up to Tyson Fury's nipples. And yet, Seferi's supposed to fight this guy? Good lord. This was embarrassing. Uh... I, I don't know what he was thinking, what his strategy was. I don't know if anything really hurt him at all in that fight. But regardless, just a terrible, terrible fight. It, it, it makes me wonder, okay, why should we make a big deal about you fighting Anthony Joshua or Deontay Wilder? It, it was baffling, and I thought, okay, you're obviously this much bigger than Safari. You know, you're. I think it was, I think Safari is 39. So you know, Tyson Fury is 10 years younger. He's bigger. He's got 10 inches in reach on the guy, and yet he's not doing anything. Nothing is happening in this fight. And oh, I, I go back to. Uh, what one of the announcers said just before the fight started. This place tonight is absolutely rammed. Some people said that this wouldn't sell. Wrong. Yes, I'm also sure that some people said that this fight was going to show that Tyson Fury still had a place at the upper echelon of the heavyweight division, despite being the lineal champion. Wrong. 
I'm sure some people thought Tyson Fury is going to put on an excellent display of fury and aggression and just utterly demolish Safari. Wrong. I'm sure some people thought going into this fight, wow, once it's done, I can't wait to see Tyson Fury versus Anthony Joshua or Deontay Wilder or maybe even Louis Ortiz. Wrong. And I'm sure that everybody in attendance before the first bell rang thought, this is going to be an excellent use of my money. Wrong. I'm sorry to keep dwelling on it, but I've had dental surgery. That was more pleasant than watching Tyson Fury versus Sefer Seferi. Okay, if Fury really wants to get back to being the man at the top of the heavyweight division, and yes, I am aware he has a lineal championship, but right now nobody's talking about Tyson Fury. Everybody's talking about Anthony Joshua or Deontay Wilder. That fight looks to be on the horizon, but we'll have to see. Moving on. Now, is a fight between Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder in the works? Last week on his Twitter account, Deontay Wilder posted the following tweet, quote, Breaking news for all of you Anthony Joshua fans. The $50 million offer for him to fight me next in the U.S. is still available. Today I even agreed to their offer to fight Joshua next in the U.K. If he prefers the fight in the U.K., the ball is in their court. It's up to them to choose. Unquote. So, this is pretty exciting if they can get this fight to happen, especially if they can get it to happen in the U.K. As we saw with the Vladimir Klitschko fight, Joshua can draw. Deontay Wilder, well, undefeated, but at the same time, not a lot of people know who he is outside of boxing, which is a pity because I've gone through this multiple times, but, you know, he's a bronze medalist from the 2004 Games, uh, the only American male to win a medal that year in boxing. He's undefeated. He's held the heavyweight cha- or the WBC heavyweight championship for a few years, but nobody knows who he is, and that's a big pity, especially after his last fight against Louis Ortiz, which was a very good fight. But Joshua just has that bigger star power in the UK, and personally, I, I would prefer that the fight happen there, and of course, then you're going to get the usual thing about, oh, who's going to be the referee? Are we going to have neutral judges? Just do what you always, or what they should always do. Get one American judge, one English judge, and a judge from Canada or something. I don't know. But uh, along with the tweet, Deontay Wilder also released, uh, put out a small little video on his Twitter account. Nah, baby, you don't see no fear in my eyes. I ain't scared of no man. There's no man I'm afraid of ever on this earth. I wasn't raised like that. I wasn't born like that. It wasn't applied in my heart, baby. This is what I do. No man can ever say he looked into my eyes and seen fear because fear don't exist. There's no home for fear in my heart. The things I'd have been through, the shit I had to go through, fear don't exist in my heart. You better ask about me. That's it, guys. You better ask about me. Great. So I hope we hear something back from Anthony Joshua's team agreeing to this. Maybe get something to happen in maybe... October, November, something great. Almost a nice way to end the boxing year, even though there's going to be probably fights happening as well later in November and even in December. But regardless, I think that this is a great step for the heavyweight division. It's what the division has really needed since, uh, well, honestly, since Tyson Fury's not doing anything to really impress us lately. 
I'm sorry if I keep bringing that up, but that was just dreadful. Just dreadful. Anyway, moving on. Now here's something to get very excited about. Canelo versus Golovkin 2 is happening. It, it looked for a while like it wasn't going to happen. In fact, uh, the, the same day that the rematch was announced, there was also articles coming out saying that Golovkin had rejected De La Hoya's new offer of, I think it was something, uh, a, a, a split that was, I think, around 47 and a half, or sorry, 57 and a half to uh, 42 and a half in favor of Alvarez. That's what the split was. But uh, then. Golovkin's people and De La Hoya's people were able to renegotiate again. The fight's on. It's going to be happening September 15th of this year, almost a year to the day that their first fight happened. Uh, and this will be a year since uh, we've last seen Canelo in the ring. As you know, the rematch was supposed to take place this past May, but unfortunately due to Canelo testing positive for PEDs, which he blamed on tainted meat, the rematch never took place. Uh, Golovkin, in the meantime, he was able to fight recently against Vanez Mardiozian. Utterly demolished him, as was expected. So, what happens in the rematch? Well, hmm. It's interesting. It, it really is. Canelo is the younger guy. Uh, 27, at the moment, anyway. He has a birthday this coming July, so he'll be turning 28. Golovkin turned 36 back in April. You know, part of me still, part of me at the moment is leaning towards Golovkin. And I think that, I think that he might be in Canelo's head a little bit. Canelo says that he wants to punish uh, whining Golovkin for making all these excuses. And I just thought, who, who is making the excuses? It was Canelo who was saying, oh, no, no, it, it wasn't me. It was the bad meat that I got fed while in training camp, which my two ex-butcher trainers did not know was contaminated for some reason. <laughs> it, I, I think that he knows that he had to take this fight. Because De La Hoya was making it sound like, oh, you know, we're ready to move on. We'll fight Daniel Jacobs if need be. But come on. That would be hanging over Canelo for a while. That you didn't you didn't fight Golovkin because you knew that he beat you the first time, and once you got busted for your tainted meat, then you knew that okay, you know I'm I'm not going to fight him again. I can't beat him. Forget it. Move on. So it, it's kind of interesting. It, that, that's just how I see it. It's very interesting. But regardless, the fight is happening. Really, really can't wait for this. I'm excited as hell. Ugh. I just hope that it lives up to the expectation that we have. I felt that the first fight, even though the uh, the end result was not what a lot of people wanted, I saw that uh, Golovkin won nine rounds to three. I, I still think that this fight has the potential to live up to expectations and I hope it does and I just hope that the boxing community finally gets an answer to who's going to win I don't want another draw I don't think we can stand another draw and please please for the love of God 
leave Adelaide Bird at home that night. Moving on, Terrence Crawford crashed into the welterweight division with his sensational ninth round stoppage of the undefeated Jeff Horn this past Saturday. This was a match that uh, was in the making for quite some time. These two were undefeated. Horn had uh, the previous year defeated Manny Pacquiao somewhat controversially. And a lot of people were looking for Crawford to possibly be a future opponent for Manny Pacquiao. And if Pacquiao is smart, he'll retire instead of facing Terrence Crawford. But uh, well, when this fight was announced, I kind of thought, all right, well, Crawford's going to make this quite easy, to be honest. I, I don't see Horn being able to mount anything effective in this fight. And it, it was clear that, you know, he is in the fight, but it's just that Crawford is on a completely different level than him that it didn't seem fair at times. And uh, the fight was mercifully stopped in the ninth round. Uh, obviously, Horn's people were saying that, oh, you know, it, it was a premature stoppage. Pacquiao was hitting him harder. Regardless, no. I think that Crawford, this is his, uh, this is his uh, title victory. Or uh, Let me try that again. This is the uh, third weight division that he's won a title in. He was a lineal champion in the lightweight and the light welterweight division. And now he's crashing to the welterweight division. He picked up Horn's WBO welterweight title. I think that uh, Terrence Crawford certainly has the makings to be the next big American superstar in boxing. Only problem is I'm kind of worried about his personality. I, I just want you to listen to the interview he did after the fight and tell me if you can hear what I hear. What happened tonight? Because even in the wrestling, the physicality, you were the bigger man. Well, first of all, I'd like to give honor to God for blessing me with this victory. And I'd like to dedicate this fight to my coach, Midge Minor, that passed back then. I told him I was going to do this. And I did it for him. Shout out to Triple Threat back in Colorado Springs. That's my second home from, away from home. And like I told y'all before, I'm strong. You know, y'all didn't believe me. And I was way stronger than him. You know, y'all kept telling me how strong he was. But y'all didn't give me enough credit. So I had to go in there and show y'all. You did go in there and prove that tonight. What kind of statement do you think you send to the other talent at 147 that were watching you tonight? Oh, we here, you know, like I said, my power carried up, you know, my physicality got stronger and we here now. You mentioned this was the takeover. What did you mean by that? Hey, y'all try to compare me to Manny Pacquiao. You see what I just did to him? All right. Walk me through the fight because at the end of the eighth round, it looked like you had him hurt. Then you came out in round nine. What were the instructions in the corner when you finished? Oh, my coach wanted me to go right-handed. I told him, I said, no, I'm going to... Stay left handed. I got him. Don't worry about it. You know? So that was just the conversation that we had in the corner. All right. 147, a lot of talent. Who does Terrence Crawford want? I want the other champions. I want the big fights. Bob, let's make it happen. I know that he's not, but he just sounds bored and tired. I mean, they're talking about future fights for him, and he's just, uh, I want the other champions. Bob. Let's make it happen. I mean, 
did, did you leave all the all of your excitement in the fight? I I don't understand. Why not throw out some names? Why not say, "Hey, Danny Garcia, I want you. Sean Porter, I want you. Keith Thurman, if you ever fight again, I want to take your undefeated record." Um, it it, it just seems a bit puzzling to me. I mean, I'm sure that. He, that he will make some very interesting fights. I mean, I, I can't recall a Terrence Crawford fight recently that I'd watch and say, oh, God, how boring. But, uh, you know, we just need some some more personality in these fighters. I mean, obviously, uh, Bob Arum saying stuff like that he thinks that uh, Crawford can surpass Sugar Ray Leonard and obvi- obviously, that's stuff that I expect a promoter to say. But he did make a comparison to uh, Marvin Hagler, saying that Crawford just needs to be himself, and he he'll be a star that way. And you know what? Bob's been doing this longer than I've been alive, so chances are he knows more than I do. But personally, just a little more spark outside the ring would be nice to see. I mean, again, why are these fighters not being booked on talk shows? For the love of God, like let's see Terrence Crawford on Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel. I don't want to watch Seth Meyers because uh, only way I'm going to watch Seth Meyers is if Terrence Crawford punches him in the face. That's all. But he, he just has one of those punchable faces. Uh, but I, I just thought, you know, call out somebody, anybody. Maybe I don't know. Maybe Errol Spence Jr. Whom last night just, oh my gosh, you know, it was kind of clear that Ocampo was outmatched and he was obviously outclassed, didn't really belong in the ring with a guy like Errol Spence and showed that the IBF has terrible rankings. But it, it seemed like Errol Spence realized, yeah, you know what, people probably don't expect this to go very long and just ends it. In the first round, it's like uh, Ocampo gets dropped with some good body shots in in the last second of of the first round. Uh, just stays on the canvas. Lawrence Cole reaches the count of ten. Perfect, beautiful. So you know what I would be trying to work on right now if I were you know in the Spence camp or the Crawford camp. Make a fight between these two guys. You know, they're both young. Uh, Crawford turns 31, I believe, uh, in September. Errol Spence is 28. You know, you've got two undefeated American fighters in the welterweight division. They both have very good power. Terrence Crawford's knocked out seven of his last eight opponents. And as for Errol Spence Jr., the last time uh, he went the distance was back in June of 2014. I mean, this is, I think this is a great fight. I was talking to Justin about this fight uh, earlier today, and I told him, you know, I really hope that Spence versus Crawford gets made next. And the first thing that Justin tells me immediately is, oh, Crawford's going to win. And I just thought, See, I, I don't, I, I want to lean towards Crawford, but at the same time, you really can't discount Errol Spence, can you? And I, I don't know, maybe that's just me, but let, let's get those discussions flowing if, if the fight can be made. I mean, 
I, I really hope I really hope it can. Who knows? Maybe Justin's right. Maybe I'll, I'm right if I were to pick Errol Spence. No promises at this point. But still, how can this fight not be made either you know sometime later this year or a year from now? Come on. It, it almost seems like fighters like Danny Garcia and... Um, Oh gosh, what? See, I I forget his name because he hasn't fought in so long. But Keith Thurman, it almost kind of seems like they're you know, you know, their 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 time has come and gone, and you know they're they're not the big stars that they used to be. Even though Garcia has only lost one fight and uh, Thurman is still undefeated, but the thing is, they're not as active as we like them to be, and therefore they don't stay as fresh in our minds as we want them to. And who knows, maybe Keith Thurman will come back just absolutely demolish his next opponent, but until that happens, it's kind of going to be like, oh yeah, Keith Thurman, uh, he still fights? I, you know, I, I didn't know. I actually forgot about Keith Thurman. I mean, good lord, you just heard me forget Keith Thurman's name. I'm struggling like, uh, that guy with, uh, w- with the hair... I can't remember. <laughs> that that shouldn't be the case. I mean, obviously, he's been kept out due to injury, but you've, you've got fighters like Crawford and Spence who, who make you say, oh, I can't wait to see these guys fight again. I really want to see them fight soon. And if we can get another fight from Spence and Crawford, you know, this year and hopefully set something up for next year, beautiful that's what i want for boxing you know if if that can happen i'll be a very happy man but uh anyway i i just think that was a great from errol spence he did exactly what was expected of him against uh a fighter who really didn't have any business being in the ring with him i mean no disrespect to ocampo but I think this just reaffirms my earlier statement that the IBF is terrible at rankings, along with the WBA, WBC, IBO, WBO. Basically, they're all just terrible. Anyway, that's all we have for you this week. We hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Boxing for Free podcast. You can find us online at www.boxingforfree.com. That's boxing, the number four, free.com. Twitter.com slash boxingforfree. Be like Arislandi Lara, Robert Guerrero, Berman Stavern, Miller Zizek, Adonis Stevenson, Glenn Johnson. Wow, that's a lot of famous boxers and hundreds of others. And follow us on Twitter. Go to youtube.com slash boxingforfree and like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash boxing for free page you can subscribe on itunes podbean and several other podcast directories if you use itunes give us a review and let everyone know that the boxing for free podcast is your source for boxing news and commentary i'm andrew schweitzer thank you for listening and we hope you tune in next time wrong 